neither life nor death shall ever from the Lord his children sever. Unto them his grace he showeth, and their sorrows all he knoweth. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. What more could our God do? He sent his beloved Son into our flesh to bear our sin and be our Savior. The infinite one stoops down to become finite. The utterly transcendent and unknowable stoops down to become imminent and knowable. The one who made the countless galaxies and then knit them together with his word is knit himself together in the womb of the blessed Virgin Mary. He comes down to humble himself. Why and for what purpose? Well, if God is light, what does it mean to depart from the light? If God is life, what does it mean to depart from the one who is life? Indeed, it means no other than to go into darkness and to go into death. And so God wraps himself in human flesh to descend into darkness, to descend into death in order to save us, in order to bring us back to the one who is light and who is life. And so today we mourn yet we mourn as those who are filled with hope. We weep, and yet we weep as those who know a joy that is even deeper than our sadness. Because Christ, our Savior, has brought our beloved Ellie back to light, back to life, and into the very presence of the Holy Trinity the one true God surrounded by angels and archangels and all the company of heaven. Yes, this same God who knit himself into human flesh in the womb of the Virgin Mary, knit Ellie, what a firecracker of a soul, (laughs) to say the least, knit her together carefully, almost like a holy hand grenade in the womb. (laughs) in the womb of her mother, Emma, giving her as a gift to Elmer and Emma, to the whole world, a mother of three children, grandmother of nine, great-grandmother of two. What blessing came from God through her? What an explosion of light and life and joy would simply not be true to her, to mourn her in any other way than to know the life and the light of joy and joy of Christ our Savior, for he is her Savior, and it is he who rules this day. Not sorrow, not death, but Christ our Lord. What more could God have done beside this gracious incarnation? Still more was done. Our Lord Jesus, as we heard moments ago, went to be baptized by John the Baptist. John was appalled. This is a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. Jesus, you don't need this. It is I who need to be baptized by you. It is I who am a sinner. 
And Jesus says, permit it even now for the fulfilling of all righteousness. Whose righteousness? Not our Lord's. The eternal, everlasting, perfect Son of God, sinless and unblemished Lamb. Not His righteousness. But He goes into those waters to fulfill all righteousness, and that which is missing is our righteousness. Into those waters He goes. And again, it is a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. What is being washed off in those waters? But sin, like dirty bath water, the holy, sinless Lamb of God goes in and there has those dirty, sin-tainted, sin-poisoned waters poured out over his head that he would fulfill all righteousness, that he would take upon himself our sins, the sins of our beloved Ellie. Coming up out of those waters, the Holy Spirit descends upon him, and a voice from heaven doesn't say, well, now you're dirty, I don't love you anymore. Well, now, since you've brought upon yourselves the sins of the world, I have nothing to say to you anymore. No, the divine voice from heaven says, this is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. After God knit Ellie together in the womb her mother. May 5th, 1940. 20 days later, God brought her to the waters of holy baptism. There she joined those waters and was baptized with Christ and in Christ. Her sins being laid upon him, his righteousness being fulfilled, being laid upon her. And that baptism served Ellie from that very day to the day in which she died. Those of you who are husbands who are married, how would it go for you if you said to your wife, I was married? Well, it's true. You were married back on the day of your wedding. You were there. She was there. You were married. But that's a little deceptive, isn't it? Wouldn't it be far more accurate to say, I am married? Indeed, and the same thing is true for holy baptism. It's true if you have been baptized. By the way, if you haven't, come see me after the service. We'll get that taken care of. <laughs> if you have been baptized, then it is in fact true that you were baptized those years ago, but it is all the more true to say, I am baptized. Because that day that you were baptized, that day that Ellie was baptized, coming up out of the waters, what God said to his son Christ, God now has said to you, you are my beloved son, you are my beloved daughter, in whom I am well pleased. Coming forth from those waters, God had made Ellie a new creation. And God having baptized her, having kept her in that baptismal covenant, would shine his light, not only upon Ellie, but through Ellie, to countless people. As that eccentric educator, I love that, I think it was the grandchildren that came up with that one. 
Exactly right. The eccentric educator. How many lives did our Ellie touch? How many lives did she shine upon with the light and warmth of Christ? Colleagues, peers, friends, family, countless students. And in her latter years here at Faith, she would lament. She would say, I wish all my students could hear who God is and what he's done. I wish all my students that I ever had would believe and be filled with this same light and with this same joy. What more could our God do besides joining us in holy baptism and washing us in the same? Still more he did do. Indeed, our Lord Jesus Christ, as the one who bears our sins, took those sins to the cross to lay down his life once and for all and to put those sins away forever. When he said, it is finished, those words now echo for all eternity. It is finished. Your sins have been put away forever. When God sees you, he does not see what you see. He doesn't see your sins. He doesn't see your shortcomings. He doesn't see your failures. He doesn't look at you and say, well, I love her, but I don't really like her. <laughs> no. God is a father who sees us so perfectly through the death of his son that even as you, like a prodigal son going out and living in profligacy and ending up in the slop of pigs, if you should return to him, he would say not one judgmental word, but wrap you up in the robe of righteousness, put sandals on your feet, the ring on your finger, and bless you and let the party begin. And indeed, that is why Ellie served the church and served Christ why she rejoiced in church. Because church is nothing but that father's home. And we are the wayward sons who are returning to him. And when we come, he does not speak judgment or condemnation, but he speaks love. My son who is dead is now alive. Who is lost has now returned. That's what he says to you. And he brings you here, clothes you with the robe of Christ's righteousness. And then what? Ellie's favorite part the party begins. The party begins. A party of joy that has started right now, even here in this world that's so permeated with sorrow and darkness. God doesn't care. We're going to have light and joy. We're going to have a party. And the party that has begun here extends up into heaven. Now, Ellie has met her match in Jesus because he is the true life of the party. It is to say everyone at the party lives on account of him. But her personality to the delight of the saints and angels is welcome. And no doubt she is beaming and praising and thanking God for all that he has done. What more could our Lord do than die to take away your sins and rise the third day? Well, there is yet more, and I'll only make mention of one point. 
as Christ rose from the dead. He did so, St. Peter tells us, to be the pastor and bishop of our souls. That is to say, Christ rose to dwell with us, to call to the lost sheep and to bring them in. Now many are called, but few are chosen. Many are called, but few listen to that call. God desires that all men would be saved, would come to the knowledge of Christ Jesus and rejoice here on earth as sheep of his sheepfold, that he might shepherd them, each one of us and all of us together ultimately, to those pastors of eternal life in heaven. Christ is our pastor. He daily and richly forgives our sins. Not only did he baptize Ellie all those years ago, claiming her as his own, but he heard her confession. When she confessed her sins, she confessed the sorrows of her life. He heard that confession and he granted her absolution. And he comforted her and lifted her up that she might be a comfort unto others. And I know she was that unto many of you. Our Lord brought her to the table of Holy Communion and there gave her a foretaste of the feast, the banquet, the party to come. Himself the host and himself the feast, giving his true body and blood for us to eat and drink for the forgiveness of our sins. And that we, though we might feel lonely or fragmented or distanced from God, might in him be brought together and in him be made one, one family, indeed one body, with our God. The final chapter of Ellie isn't today. No, she's alive and well in heaven with our Lord, that great party. The final chapter of Ellie and the final chapter for all of us is on the last day when Christ returns. And in our bodies, the scriptures say, in our bodies we shall rise. With these eyes, with Ellie's very eyes, she, I, you, we will all see God. And that feast on the mountain of the Lord, finest wines and fattest meats, will commence, and no more will death or sorrow reign, but the joy and life of Christ. May God bless you as you mourn, but may you mourn as those who are filled with hope. May you weep, but weep as those who are filled with joy, for neither Ellie nor Christ would have it any other way. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.